Welcome back to another episode of Quarren Stream, yet another Cinesnob podcast. I am Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. And we are rejoined uh, once again by comedian Lisa Curry. Lisa. Hey, what's how's, up? How are you? It? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How's your dog? Oh, so good. Wait, She's can you so tell good. us her name? Do you mind telling us her name? Oh, yes, of course. Her name is Luna. Oh, uh, nice. In case you want to steal her identity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my dog, I'm stealing an identity for my dog. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's really great. She's a, a rescue. Of course, I'm a white lady in L.A. Um, <laughs> uh, she's a rescue from uh, Mexico. So more of a kidnapping. Um, oh, and, wow. Uh, <laughs> she's, Where in Mexico? Uh, apparently they found her and her sister like running through the street in Tijuana when they were like five weeks old. Wow. Wow. So she parties, so that's why, huh? yeah, yeah, so that's why I named her Luna because I was like, I wanted her to have a Spanish name. Uh, although I do call her, I call her Luna Buna just because it rhymes, and I really like chicken Buna, which is this delicious <laughs> Indian dish if you haven't had it. And, and then I I looked it up because I was like, I wonder what exactly Buna is, and it's Buna, I guess, is a type of curry, which is funny because I'm obviously Lisa Curry. Wow. That oh. just really entertained me. No one else cares. Uh, and I know that. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> oh, that's fascinating. I, I, can't, I can't eat curry. I've tried. And it oh. doesn't agree with my my digestion. Uh, I, 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 have, so I have acid reflux a lot, so it doesn't oh, help. Oh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. That was a weird tangent. Uh, my condolences because it's super delicious. I'm sorry that that was like, yeah. <laughs> that seemed to be if a you're playing, If you're playing uh, Corn Stream Bingo, you can check off Jared Talk's digestive system on <laughs> off of your list. I used to not be able to drink orange juice. It sucked. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, you, uh, like everyone else, have been um, quarantined. Um, and unable to, to do stand up proper, um, as you have in the past, have you done any sort of the, the virtual stuff? Um, I have, I've done a few shows and, um, I'll be honest, it felt scary at first, uh, just cause I was like, I don't, this isn't what I'm used to. And, you know, there isn't a live crowd and you don't get that, you don't get as much feedback, but, um, the last one I did was a lot of fun and it was well organized. And I think, I think that's the key with the online shows is when they're, when they're bad, you want to kill yourself. Uh, it's not like a bad live, like a bad live show. You're like, oof, that was awful. You know, like in a bad show online, you're like, I should die. Uh, <laughs> but then when they're good, they're fine. I mean, it's never going to be as good as live comedy, but it's, um, I found that it was still helpful. I still was getting helpful feedback on jokes um it just you would just have to go a lot slower because it take there's a delay and it takes a minute for the joke to get to them and then the laughter to come back to you so this was a, a zoom show i i presume yep um i did presume <laughs> sorry uh and that's a wrap um, hey guys uh, com- comedy know. lives comedy lives no <laughs> i i i uh i was watching a stream from so, because because I've seen this, I've seen the Zoom shows, but also there was a stream from the Laugh Factory, where people comedians were doing comedy uh, to no crowd on a comedy stage to no response, and then streaming it on YouTube where like they couldn't hear audience laughter, and that looked miserable. Like, I can I cannot imagine doing that. No way! Like I I love stand up so much, but but again, I'm in a I'm in a good place where like. I had 
I make a living from writing more so than stand up. So I'm also fulfilled in that way where it's like I don't I don't have to do shows every night to feel like I'm doing something with my life. I can also like write a pilot or write essays or you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what, one thing that we've been getting some varied responses on, which I've found kind of fascinating, is, and I don't know if you if you did any kind of this material when you were doing your Zoom shows, but but whether or not there is even an obligation or, or the option to talk about pandemic stuff or quarantine stuff in your material, because we've had people say, "How can you not? Uh, how can you not address it?" And then we've had people say, "Well, everyone else is going to be doing it, so I don't want to be doing it." Where where do you land on addressing what's going on in the world within you know your material, either in a Zoom show or when you when eventually things return to normal? Um, I'm somewhere in the middle because I do think it. it I approach it with the same the same way I approach any well trodden um, subject matter, which is like, what, how is this unique to my experience, or like, mm-hmm. how can I say how this has affected me? Because it's like, I, and and hopefully other people, but it's like, I don't know. I think you have like I. I when I've done it, I've I've done like one joke up top, maybe two about quarantine. Just to kind of like acknowledge, hey, we're, we all know of this reality. Like this is, it's like if you were, if you were doing a show and there was a strobe light going off, you can't just go on stage and not say anything about the strobe light because people the whole time will be like, does she not see the strobe light? What the fuck? But then you also <laughs> don't want to dedicate your set to the strobe light. So you just have to be like, crazy how we're all going to have seizures in a minute, right? And then, <laughs> and then do your material or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I think it's helpful. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's good to make that your whole set uh, if for no other reason, because then when we're back to real life and you can start putting together an album or whatever, you can't use any of that material. Yeah. And there's and, and, and everyone will everyone that's going to try and have a take on it will have the take on it. So it's uh, I can see how that would be very, very yeah. complicated to to deal with. And uh, like just like I don't want to see a million quarantine movies when I get out of this thing. I don't want to see one quarantine movie. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm not even kidding you. And I know that that's like a lot of what's being pitched right now. And I'm like, I'd rather be strangled than, <laughs> than watch a quarantine movie after this. No, thank you. I was yeah. I was having a conversation, Jared, with our friend Kiko the other day and, and just saying that like, we can't wait for like the Friedberg and Seltzer, the guys who do like date movie and disaster movie to put together like some bullshit quarantine movie when this is all done or outbreak movie like spoof oh. like you know that's, that's coming i think those are relegated to to netflix now so you can avoid <laughs> well, those i think easier. there could be like maybe a movie about how great it feels once this is over but like who wants to revisit this time yeah i i don't i don't know i mean it, it's like um it's it's it doesn't appeal to me <laughs> Well, <laughs> to, to relive it at all. It's it's funny because um, we were talking about CBS All Access at the end of the last episode, and uh, one of their big projects that they were filming when this all happened was their adaptation of Stephen King's The Stand, which is literally oh God, yeah, well yeah, literally about like a pandemic that wipes out a huge portion of the population, and nobody is going to be in the mood to watch that when <laughs> no that's done. One. No one. My my boyfriend's like halfway through that book right now, and, and he had owned it before this, and then just kind of didn't start it. 
and he he's like, this is getting really hard to read right now. Like, <laughs> I bet. Not like his reading comprehension has faded away, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just don't know how anymore. It's <laughs> like I don't understand. It's been so long since I've communicated with people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it. I, I don't really know what's to come out of it. I mean, I assume there's going to be some sort of take on it that's that's maybe a f- refreshing and original, but I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I haven't I haven't thought of it yet because it's because it went from being people being scared to now people being like like fighting about the the politics of it, which is I guess America in a nutshell. But it uh, I, I don't I don't <laughs> I don't know where the entertainment is in in all of that personally. Yeah and, yeah, and I think too the the thing that is is interesting to see if it's going to happen anymore is is people producing stuff while they're quarantined. Like I've been I've been like you know obviously like Parks and Rec did a full episode, you know that was a fundraiser, but they produced a full episode that was all, you know, at home and stuff. And I think a lot of the like the late night talk shows are all doing shows from home. I wonder. I kind of wonder if that becomes a thing on any particular level. So, like I was talking to. On another podcast I do, a guy in the TV and film industry, he does like set design in New York. And he was basically saying that, you know, in New York, the spaces that they're filming in are so cramped to begin with that he can't even imagine like when they will be able to go back to TV production on the same level that they did because of just the safety concerns of that. Well, and I've talked about it before on this show, I think, but my day job in in TV news is, you know, has been... uh, upended by this and the idea that you can just record a zoom call or a FaceTime call has really like kind of changed everything. Meaning that, you know, it doesn't matter how good it looks. It just matters that the content is there informing it. And I think that's probably going to be the biggest change moving forward is that all this stuff, like, you know, you do a zoom show and you release it on TV and no one really cares that it doesn't look great. You know, or, you know, every podcast that you hear, like this one, for example, we're all in different cities and it doesn't really matter so long as the content is is good. And I, you know, whether or not it's good right now, I'm not, <laughs> or it's up for debate. But, uh, you know, me talking about not being able to drink orange juice and shit. I don't know how many people are. No, that's, that's that. prize winning content, my friend. <laughs> but, you know, it, then it cuts out a little bit or it sounds a little digital or or whatever. It doesn't seem to be that big of a deal anymore. And it seems to have kind of taken these barriers down that were there before, you know. Lisa, do you think that you could recreate something like a writer's room on Zoom? Like, could that be something that existed in that setting? I, I think so. Um, I think it's a little bit harder because I, I there's the only thing that's lost is, you know, when you have a bunch of comics in a room, there's just like an energy where people are bouncing off of one another. And a version of that exists you know, over a phone conversation or over Zoom or whatever, but it's not, it doesn't have quite the same electricity, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, that's funny. I'm actually start. I'm going to start teaching a packet, write Like a late night packet writing class in a couple of weeks here over Zoom. And I'm, I haven't taught a writing class, uh, much less one over Zoom. So I'm really curious to see how it goes. I mean, I'm, I, I'm doing everything I can to make it go well, but, um, yeah, I'm just curious to see. It's also, I find it's a lot harder to not talk over one another because of A, the delay, and two, I think without realizing it, a lot of times when you're in a group of people, 
and you're all having a conversation and jumping in and out of the conversation, like you're reading people's body language and you're seeing their eyes move or like seeing their, their shoulders relax or tense up or whatever, where Mm -hmm. you're, you're, it's much harder to read that even if you're on zoom and you can see everyone's faces, it's so much harder to read that. So there's a lot more overlap in people talking. Yeah. I've noticed that. I mean, just doing meetings and phone calls with people that it's like, you just kind of got to sit back and wait. And I, I think it's probably turned into a lot of people slacking off too, like not being as completely <laughs> engaged as you probably need to be. Oh, absolutely. Um, but it, you know, I, I think it, you know, when it comes to content creation, I think that as a tool, it, it may stick around way longer than we thought. Cause everyone jumped on zoom like right away. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm curious uh, what led people to that when, you know, something like Skype had been around forever, but it's uh, it's kind of interesting to me how how quickly everyone adapted to it and how quickly it became completely accepted to see, you know, a pixelated picture on a on a screen, you know, on an actual yeah. TV show or like the dozens yeah. amount of like shitty sounding podcasts there are and stuff that, that you can tell are clearly Zoom recordings like like we had some people we've had our, our previous two guests on this show were comedians in New York who have serious XM shows. And they had gone, they were saying, we had Sean Donnelly on, and he was saying that basically within like what he said, like a week, everyone was used to using Zoom and just like putting it out there as as their form of recording. Well, yeah. And um, um, Andy with uh, The Raw Report mentioned that they were able to get bigger guests because of it on the show. Yeah. Like like they got Joey Pantoliano, um, you know, because he could just jump on Zoom and like, there's no way they would have been able to get him into the studio before. You know, but oh, now yeah. you now you can just ring up Joey Pants on Zoom and there he is. Well, that's the thing, too. Like now that live action stuff is gone, uh, I mean, I'm I'm beginning to pitch an animated series that I wrote or my manager's approaching uh, producers and stuff right now. Mm-hmm. And we just have uh, so much of a better shot at getting big names because people aren't working, haven't been working, and don't know when they'll be working again. So it's like, why wouldn't you consider being a voice on an animated series if right. you're, 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 the rest of your career has dissolved? Like, of course you would do that. Yeah, yeah I, I've seen, uh, um, uh, like, on Instagram, like, uh, mostly it's the cast of Bob's Burgers, like Eugene Merman, like, recording, showing his, like, makeshift setup to record his, his stuff for... Uh, for Bob's Burgers, and it's like a microphone wedged between two pillows, but he's able to do it at home just fine. And I think that's that's probably going to be a major major incentive moving forward, because the the idea that you can you know the audio that we're recording right now it's not studio quality, but it sounds really good. You know, yeah. if you can just keep that at home, and and you know all the animators like you mentioned can work from home and and everything else, and you know mm-hmm. why not? You know, you can put something together. And not even ever have to be in the same room. Yeah. It, it also like, I wonder if it's also a little bit easier on what I'm assuming is our generation. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know you guys. I assume we're all roughly the same age. I'm um, 55. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm in, into my 60s. So okay. <laughs> and I'm 12. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm uh, 41. So. Oh, okay. I'm 36. So the, yeah. yeah. Roughly. Like, roughly. I yeah. feel like. Uh, for our generation that that grew up with 
with dial-up internet, mm-hmm. I don't need. It's it's much easier for me to deal with a sound that isn't totally polished than I think for I think millennials are probably oh might be having uh, a harder time accepting that. <laughs> this is, uh, this I, is a sore me, subject right now. <laughs> let me let me one hundred percent tell you that millennial Cody <laughs> bitches about the quality sound quality of our podcasts to me all the time. You've never heard that screech in your ear when you just wanted to fucking get online and play Amazon Trail or Oregon Trail. Or Oregon whatever. Trail or uh, like the the shitty like real media videos. I mean, I was that, I was part of that for like a couple of years. Yeah, but you weren't like 1995 <laughs> or whatever. No. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it is. It is very funny that you bring that up because I have I have literally been bitching to Jared about the sound quality of our show. All week, <laughs> and so, and I'm just like, uh huh, yeah, uh huh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think it's, and you know, no one likes to listen to something that sounds terrible. But I don't think the things that I'm hearing sound terrible. You know, I don't. Right. I mean, it's it's totally acceptable. You know, it's much worse to hear like a phone call recorded, and I've heard that plenty of times in my life. You know, old radio call-in shows and and everything like that, and you know, I'd much rather hear a. a you know, an echoey Zoom call than a than a truncated phone call, but uh, you know, and that's you know, I, I think that's where we're going forward is that it's going to be, you know, why do I need to be, you know, Cody and I have done this done this podcast stuff from different cities for five years now, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think more and more people will do that just because it does like who needs to be in the same room if you don't have to, you know, yeah. if you've got the good mic and you're you know a, a decent internet connection then it's what difference does it make? Yeah. But, well, and I hope it, it, I mean, we've already seen in LA, like th- there is a marked difference between what pre COVID, uh, smog looked like versus now. Oh, I yeah. Mean, yeah. And I, I hope I want to get back into a writer's room, but I hope a lot of people that can work remotely continue to work remotely. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know if it'll um, ever change certain aspects of business, but mm-hmm. I, I know that like the tech companies here, like they're not they they may never come back. You know, these yeah. people may never come back to the office, and uh, I mean, you know, that may be the the case with you know, um, I don't know if writers. I mean, the writers' room is is probably a singular thing that that may be hard to recreate, like you mentioned, but uh, who knows? Who knows going forward what it'll be. Uh, I know uh, my wife would love to stay home to keep working from home, but she's got yeah. a lot of paperwork stuff that may keep her from doing that. So I think I would like working from home. Like I don't mind it as of now, but I also live in a studio, so it's pretty much either my kitchen table or <laughs> my couch that I'm writing from. And it's like if I lived in a a house with a proper office, I think that I would really enjoy re- working from home. Yeah. Um, but you know, looking at the same four walls all day isn't very inspiring. Yeah, we uh, we each have our own uh, room for offices, so it's not a. Oh, that's so nice. I'm moving you... to Austin tomorrow. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not cheap here. If you want to, if you want to move here, it's it's the most expensive city in Texas to live in. So. Oh God, but you do have that river thing. What's that shit? I just was in it. Just in, my... in the river. <laughs> what do you mean? I was just there in August, and I can't remember what it's called. Oh, well, there's, uh, I mean, um, Lady Bird Lake, uh, but then there's the Greenbelt that's like the the creek. Lady Bird Lake, you can't swim in. 
What's the what's the body of water that they turned into a swimming pool? That's a natural. Oh, um, um, uh, God damn it! What is it called? Um, shoot, uh, it's a. I know. I know. Something man, springs or it's a um, Barton Springs pool. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's full of annoying people most of the time, but sure, it's absolutely gorgeous. And then there's also um, the if you go around there, there's a bunch of green belt uh, creeks that are. Um, kind of natural swimming holes too that you can just go to um, yeah that's heaven yeah no it's great um we, we did just find out one of them is 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 uh fed mostly by wastewater so that <laughs> may be a little bit of a downer but um you know on a hot day who cares yeah <laughs> Back, no kidding it, it, like heat kills i bacteria. hate cold water but when i jumped in out in the middle of august i was like oh this is the best thing i've ever felt in my life <laughs> yeah no it's um i mean it's 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 gorgeous and that's been like the the place where people go where they don't care about social distancing like people just go there and all crowd around each other it's really strange it's a strange strange time to be here um anyway so uh we've 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 um let's move on to the premise of the show here we've kind of digressed again cody uh yes that's like between the two episodes like five times but that's fine anyway um so the premise of the show is we uh, pitched you a couple of movies, Lisa, uh, to watch during quarantine. Cody recommended one. I recommended another. Um, let's let's recap it real quick. Cody, you want to recap what movie you recommended to Lisa? Yeah, I recommended uh, 2011's Bernie, directed, written and directed by Richard Linklater, um, and uh, starring Jack Black. Uh, Austin, Austin's Richard Linklater. Uh, that's right, Austin's Richard oh. Linklater, starring Austin's Matthew McConaughey as well as Jack Black and Shirley MacLaine. I don't think they're from Austin. But. No, that's why I said Austin's Matthew McConaughey and oh, okay. Jack Black as well. Gotcha, gotcha. But that's fine. You can and, be. You can sorry. You can be pedantic. That's fine. Yeah, whatever. I was just being a, a grammar <laughs> nerd. Uh, anyway, uh, I, and I recommended 1996's uh, Gross Point Blank, starring John Cusack as a uh, hitman who goes to his uh, 10th high school reunion, has to kill some people there, etc. Uh, so Lisa. <laughs> it's a nice, uh, he has to kill people, etc. I mean, we, we talked about it last episode. Lisa, uh, mm-hmm. without further ado, which movie did you choose? I chose uh, only because I... Well, not only. <laughs> Two reasons. Well, one, the, I've heard of Gross Point, Point Blank before. So I was like, well, that I'll remember and probably watch another time because I, I, I oh, also love John no. Cusack. So I did go with Bernie. <laughs> also, I just was like, I can't watch Jeremy Piven on TV right now. Why not? <laughs> he's, he's good in this a, movie. He's not. It's not how, Ari Gold. He's just so obnoxious <laughs> uh, <laughs> has he have you uh, ever run across him doing his stand-up out there in la i haven't thankfully um <laughs> but i have i have had there was a producer of a comedy show out here that i could tell you guys off air um he <laughs> um i i kind of talked shit about jeremy piven doing stand-up and then so this guy is friends with him and is the one that keeps putting him on the shows and then i found out that that guy in like a coke bender or whatever was calling around everyone in LA till like two in the morning to try to get my number so he could call me and yell at me about it. I'm like, what? <laughs> Relax. Who cares if I don't like Jeremy Piven? That doesn't make any difference to his life. Like, I don't care if Jeremy Piven hates me and he's more powerful than me. Who cares? Like, <laughs> this is the what? dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That's weak. So wait, the producer was ca- was trying to find you or Jeremy Piven? The producer was trying to find oh, okay. me. Okay. Because that would be... That- at me. 
about the value of Jeremy Piven. That's way weirder to me. Like someone who doesn't like has. I mean, there's no real skin in the game for him if you don't like him. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. I mean, plus I really I I love uh, Jack Black and like you know I'm a heterosexual woman, so I'm super horny for Matthew McConaughey. So I'll watch him in any <laughs> he situation. He is goddamn. Like, I mean, I, I, uh, I, uh, one of my coworkers talked about like running here in Austin, like on one of the trails and like just having Matthew McConaughey, like show up next to him, like on the sit up bench thing No, and, uh, just sitting, doing sit ups. And I said, why didn't you take a picture? He's like, I thought that would have been weird. To take a <laughs> no, I would have burst like, into tears. Like I can't, <laughs> I don't think I could physically handle it. Yeah. Just a shirtless Matthew McConaughey doing sit ups in front of you. Uh, yeah. yeah no, that might have. I'd be convulsing. <laughs> um, so, what, so how'd you like the movie? I really liked the movie. Yeah, I have to say, that's two points for Cody. But go ahead. I like the movie. I also love Jack Black, and I uh, I like that it was based on a true story. It didn't end how I thought it was going to end. Um, I was surprised. Uh, I also, and maybe maybe this means I'm dumb, but there were. A lot of parts where I couldn't tell if the people were actors or if they were townspeople. Yeah, yeah. And there was even a couple, like, I watched through the credits and I was like, oh, huh. Yeah, you can't tell which is which, right? It's, like, I think it's the lighting and the costuming is so expertly done that it looks seamless. You you know what I love, and I don't know if you agree, but but there's there's, there's a scene that's like a montage of talking heads with different people, and then... In the middle of like the real people, Matthew McConaughey shows up doing a talking head, yeah, and it's and it's so good because because you're like it, it kind of like really pulls you in when you're when you when you're trying to like figure out who's an actor and who's not, and it just like seamlessly fits with all of those. Oh, totally. Uh, I loved it, and also um, my puppy watched it with me. <laughs> yes, and she she like watches TV. It's very bizarre. Like if I turn on the TV, she'll like sit and watch what's going on. And she she was kind of like playing with her toys and then came over and was watching right before Jack Black shoots the. Can I can I spoil it? Yeah, I think That's I mean, it's, okay. a, it's a true story. And I think okay. people in Texas know it on some level. So, yeah. So right before Jack Black shoots Shirley McCain, McCain, McLean, uh, <laughs> my dog's watching and she's sitting on the floor and her head is up and she's like watching and so excited. <laughs> and then Jack Black starts crying and she puts her head down on the floor and she's like really getting into it and reacting <laughs> to it. And it was I, that. I mean, that has nothing really to do with the movie, but it was really funny to me that my dog was like moved by it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's the, the thing I, I, I like because I, I watched it today, too, just in case you were picking it. And, and I first of all, it's really, really funny. And I think the best thing about it, in my opinion, is is the fact that there are real townspeople and it has like that town gossip feel to it where mm-hmm. like everyone has an opinion and, and this is why I was saying in the last episode, it's the most Texas thing ever because it is just like like every like every townsperson in it has some sort of like saying that you've never heard before, but you know, like you can tell they've rattled it off a thousand times and it feels so small town and so Texas. I was I was wondering if it was gonna translate to being as funny as I thought it was just in terms of those towns. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm from a really small town. So from watching it, it made me kind of like miss home a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I miss really simple people that like, <laughs> this is their big thing is there's like one murder in town and it's like what they're fixated on for two generations. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of Jack black? Cause I think that it's his best performance ever. Um, 
I don't know if I've seen enough of his movies to compare one to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was really, really good in it. Um, because you do. I think he did a good job of doing what what seemed to be their goal of like making you love him so much that once he gets sentenced, you're like, oh, I mean, come on, though. He shot me, shot her four times. <laughs> I mean, you know, look, he's Jack Black. I mean, but she's so rude. And then I find myself <laughs> like watching it and I was thinking, I mean, if somebody shot my Aunt Marie, I would side with them. You know, like <laughs> right. she's such a cunt. You know? <laughs> I really don't see what the problem is. <laughs> Some people must be eliminated. <laughs> and it's funny that that's part of the movie too. And like part of the reason that townspeople are such a big part about that because like there legitimately becomes a question at, at in, throughout the movie through the townspeople of whether or not she had it coming, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I see how you can be just like, fucking driven to suddenly kill someone where you're like i can't take it anymore yeah because i mean i'm like uh, to a lesser degree uh <laughs> i can't believe i'm even telling you this story right now but when i was a teenager <laughs> i moved out of my parents house early because they were psychos and then uh my my dad came over to my brother's house one day where i was living and he was just like talking shit and like being annoying and i was like leave me alone i'm like i don't even live with you anymore leave me alone and he wouldn't leave me alone i turned around and i punched him in the mouth and it like <laughs> It Damn. like scared me because I was like, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> but I just was like, I can't take it anymore. And I, I know that's like a much, much lesser degree. But yeah. uh, but I'm like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how much can you be pushed? Yeah. Yeah. I think, too, I, if, if I had one thing that I, that I that would be like a criticism, I think that the courtroom stuff is maybe... It, like I think the pace of it kind of slows down a little bit with the courtroom stuff, and to me yeah. that wasn't as gripping as you know watching. Because I mean, if you watch the movie, you'll see that 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 Jack Black's character of Bernie like had her in a freezer for like nine months, and uh, and like that that part of him trying to like 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 worm his way out of that whole thing, I think was like super fascinating to watch. Um, and I think the courtroom mm-hmm. stuff slows it down a little bit, but I yeah. love I love just. You know him in it. I, I think Matthew McConaughey is great in it as well. Um, and I and like I said, I love the way that that like Matthew McConaughey just like seamlessly fits into this world of these like small town Texas characters, and you wouldn't even notice had you not known that it was Matthew McConaughey. Right. Did you notice also? I'm sure you noticed because you are the one that recommended the movie. <laughs> but you know, one of the townspeople was Matthew McConaughey's mom. Yes. Yeah, I saw that in That's- the credits actually. Yeah, and then I was like, wait, is his mom's name Kay? And then I Googled it, and I was like, oh, wow. And then I'm like, oh, I wonder, and I didn't, like, do a deep dive, but then I was, like, looking on IMDb, and I'm like, I wonder if, though, I mean, he has to have been friends with the screenwriter then. Like, it had to be like, oh, this crazy thing happened in my town. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it started. Did Linklater write it? I forget. I believe Linklater co-wrote it. So the the thing about it that, that is not necessarily in the, the uh the movie because things change is that is that bernie was was for two years let out of prison and he actually lived in richard linklater's garage for two years whoa and then he was and then he and then they had like a retrial and a resentencing and he was sentenced to life again but for two years he was out of prison and and part of his like release of prison was that he was to live in richard linklater's garage <laughs> so yeah, just just why he's making uh, Boyhood and uh, 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it would have been close to that time. And 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 yeah. there was there was a lot of controversy between with the movie because the movie doesn't necessarily look at Bernie as a as a super bad guy despite doing a bad thing. And people they were worried about the the jury of the trial that they had um, after the movie came out of affecting people. And like the movie was brought up in court as being like, hey, you have to remember, this is just a movie, and like this woman was a real person who may not be the same as portrayed in the movie, and so it was a whole thing. It's it's actually a super interesting like deep dive if you ever like read the Wikipedia page. But anyway, I, I just I really I really think the movie is really enjoyable and entertaining, and and like the the humor in it is so dark because it's really about you know the murdering of an old woman, but 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 just <laughs> j- j- but just like the way that the I, I love the townspeople element. I love um the humor that comes in that and just like it's so it's so darkly funny just these these old <laughs> these these older um small town texas people just kind of defending a guy who very clearly admitted to a murder and they're like I don't think he did it and he literally confessed it's just it's so funny yeah and it's totally like well and if he did then I mean, maybe she deserved it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Also, like, what kind? Of, how despicable, despicable of a person do you have to be before somebody's like, for for somebody to be like, yeah, you know what? Uh, she deserved to die. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. And uh, and and I think it, a lot of credit too goes to Shirley MacLaine, who is who is also very good in the movie. Who oh, so good. Yeah. Is like like the scene where she's like chewing a bunch of times is 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 so grating. It's it's perfect. Oh yeah, when he's like, "Can you can you not?" <laughs> and he's like just trying so gently to be like. Please don't do that. I'm going fucking crazy. <laughs> I, I think I think that's honestly what makes the movie work so well is that is that Jack Black uh, Jack Black plays it so calmly that he never like snaps. Even when he like snaps, he's not in an angry urge or anything like that. So he's like consistently the same level of like super nice, super sweet, and that's what makes it such a conflicting thing when you watch it because he never has a moment of just like rage. And I think that's maybe why like the like the whole thing was conflicting for the townspeople. Yeah. Well, and especially because, like, he was, like, unrelentingly kind to her. And Mm -hmm. despite that, she just was consistently rude. Yeah. So it's like, well, what do you do with that? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you liked it because I think I I, when I was rewatching it, I was like, I forgot how much I really like this movie. Oh, yeah. And I like I especially love the town. I can't get over how seamless it was yeah. to have the townspeople in there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's it's funny, too, because it goes the other way, because some, when you watch the credits, you see who was an actor, and you're like, oh, I, I was fooled by that. I, I can't... Yeah, totally. Yeah. There was the guy... There was one guy that was, like, um, in the church. Mm-hmm. They kept interviewing him in the church, and I was like, oh, this for sure is an actor. And it was... Or this for sure is a townsperson, and it was an actor, and I was like, oh... Yeah. I also am like I don't see very many movies, so I'm like I don't know. I, like I barely know who Jack Black and Ma- Matthew McConaughey are. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Jared, do you remember? And so here in Texas, when when it, uh, Ted Cruz was running against Beto O'Rourke, uh, Richard Linklater did a series of commercials. Um, do you- oh yeah, with the yeah with the the what was the guy's name? Um, I know what you're, I know exactly what you're talking about, but yeah, I don't remember the guy's name. So basically, every townsperson in Bernie is like that guy. So, so like the the like that that guy who was talking about um, 
God, there was like a Waterburger joke, I think, in there or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, what is that? I, I got to look that up. I, I totally, rem- I know exactly what you're talking about, but I don't remember the details of it. Yeah. So it was, it was basically Lisa. It was Richard Linklater directed a series of commercials um, for Beto O'Rourke, and I think it was just like a Democratic thing, mm-hmm. just like like talking shit. Like it was like an old townsperson, like you would like right out of Bernie, who was like talking shit about Ted Cruz, and it was it was really funny stuff. Uh, and, um, and it was basically, that was basically every person in Bernie. It's, it's, it's really, really good. Oh yeah. It's uh, like fire. It's, um, fire Ted Cruz pack. Um, Yes. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, Sonny Carl Davis is the actor who was in, um, was he in Bernie? I forget. What, what, what is his name? I have the Bernie IMDP page. Sonny Carl Davis. Uh, let's see. We're, yeah, we're, yes, is, he is. He's is... yes, he he's he's one of the townspeople in Bernie. Yeah. So um so okay. so Lisa, he's the one who is in like the coffee shop with the come and take it hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So so that's yeah, that's that's him. Uh so he, yes, he is he's prominent he's probably the most prominent townsperson in Bernie, actually. Yeah. Yeah, he stuck with me. Um and I thought he was an actor only because he had like and um, this is all, also, this was obviously the job of costuming. I noticed his shirt was like brand new and his hat was brand new. And that's, you know, a costuming thing to give you brand new clothes so that everything looks the best on camera. And, uh, but it was like, I think the most obvious, like cause mm-hmm. his shirt was like such a bright, nice green. Um, it was him. He stuck out the most and Matthew McConaughey's mom. And then the, the guy that's like by the river, I think, cause I was also fixated on the river. I don't know if that, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it really had as much to do with him. Yeah. There's, there's the woman and I can't remember if it was, I don't think it was McConaughey's mom, but it was, it was, it's the woman that's like smoking throughout, uh, Bernie. Man, I can't remember who, maybe it was her. I, I can't remember, but, um, Oh no, no. Yeah, she was she was one of them, yeah. So so anyway, yeah, it's it's really great. And and the and I think that that's something that Linklater does especially well. And you saw it in Boyhood too, Jared, where 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 Linklater utilizes a lot of non-actors or local people and kind of it it gives it 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 Linklater has this really great way of like having really like lived in naturalistic um like environments. And that's and that's how it feels because he populates it with a lot of non-actors who like they're they, like they're raw in the in the sense that like they're not super polished actors, but also it gives it like a really like realistic feel. And I think that's one yeah. thing that's that's a that's a great part of it. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of ashamed to say I haven't seen this yet. Mm. Um, I know. I, I, oh, Link Ladder was has been hit or miss for me for a, a while. Um, like I loved Boyhood. Um, Wait, Boyhood's the one where it's like filmed over ten years or something. Yeah, yeah, it's twelve. Yeah, twelve years. Yeah. Yeah, I I have to say I didn't I didn't care for that one so much because only because I felt like without the device of filming it over several years, it was lacking. Otherwise, that is the I, draw. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I do think it, it has a, a good um um and uh, uh with um as it put. Patricia Arquette and uh, Ethan Hawke, I think, are the, yes. the two big best parts of that movie, and I think they both have performances that grow nicely as they grow. Um, I think uh, Patricia Arquette won an Oscar for that. Yes, right, she did. Yeah, but Ethan Hawke didn't. Ethan Hawke lost to um, shit. I don't remember in 2014. But yeah, I, I do. 
I do um I do get what you're saying, Lisa. The gimmick is there. But I mean we we uh Cody and I hosted a screening of uh, of um Dazed and Confused a few years ago. And uh, I hadn't seen it since the nineties and I didn't have a fond memory of it, but man, that's a great movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um I love that movie so much. <laughs> and you know what? It's funny because I think I think the best Jack Black performances ever are both Linklater movies because I, I still to this day think that School of Rock is one of Linklater's best movies. I really, really love that movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. Uh, I mean, but he's he's made some stuff that kind of went nowhere. Yeah. Um the big one uh when I was in in college was uh they did the what's the the Newton Boys mm-hmm. uh that actually shot at my college. Uh, which it didn't. It wasn't very good. Uh, I never saw Scanner Darkly or the uh, Bad News Bears remake, uh, which had uh, Billy Bob Thornton in the Walter Matthau role. Going back to Walter Matthau in the first episode, we talked about this. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, he's the best. so that's uh, two points for Cody since uh, Lisa, you picked his movie and you liked his movie. So. Cody now leads. I'm sure I would have liked the other one. Also, <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I I'm sorry that Jeremy Piven torpedoed it because <laughs> it was not. I I think it's. I think that's unfair. But you know, I get it. I get. I think. The, I think the bias against Jeremy Piven is strong enough to to kind of draw a lot of people away. Maybe from I shouldn't stuff. have mentioned Piven so much because he's like he's he's got a, a a funny role in it, but he does he's not like a major major character. Um. Yeah, it's not, you know, uh, it's not like a, an episode of Entourage. So uh, anyway, so let's move on to the movie that you chose for us, Lisa, uh, A League of Their Own. Cody, you've yeah. never seen it. That's right. And uh, Lisa, how many times have you seen the film? Uh, 20, maybe? <laughs> have you uh, watched it recently? Like, how recently have you seen it? Um. Maybe I'm within the last month. Just because it, if it, it's one of those movies for me where if it's on TV, I just am sucked mm-hmm. in and I'm watching it. Like that yeah. becomes my day. So um, if anyone doesn't know about A League of Their Own, it's about the um, All-American Girls Professional Baseball League that um, was uh, that played during World War II when all the men in professional baseball were overseas fighting uh, you know, World War, World War II, um, and which is it's based on a true story that 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 actually existed. I don't think any of these characters are based on real people. Um, what was the film we just watched? The Netflix documentary, Cody, uh, A Secret Love, A Secret Love that had one of the players, um, hmm. uh, one of the original. Um, That's a great documentary, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And all those ladies are either super old or, or passed on by now. So it's kind of sad, too. Um but anyway, so this is, um, of course, stars Gina Davis and uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, Gina Davis is kind of the star player. Lori Petty plays her sister, who is not as good or, um, I guess, pretty as the movie puts it. And um, a bunch of other people like Madonna is in it. Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Um, Leone. Uh, David Strathairn plays the like the boss of the league. Uh, <laughs> uh it's directed by Penny Marshall, um, her brother Gary Marshall, who was one of the nicest. I just have to say, he's one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. R.I.P. Gary Marshall. But uh, he, anyway, I have a story about that. But I'm not. Gonna I, I love that story, uh, by the way. I'll tell it then. So, Lisa, you know Gary Marshall, obviously. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Um, so a few, like 
15 years ago, he's he was at my job, uh, the TV station I worked at. And um, obviously, you know, he was there for, I don't know what, promoting something. And um, I went to talk to him and, and take a photo with him. Uh, and I was wearing a Batman T-shirt. And uh, he was super nice, and I walked up to him, and he and I said, you know, Mr. Marshall, can I take a picture with you? He said, yeah, sure, in that big Gary Marshall voice. And he, he sees my shirt. He goes, oh, Batman, my grandson's going to love this. <laughs> That's and I adorable. thought it was, it was so great because I'm like, this guy is a mega director and producer in Hollywood. He could probably have you know, arrange for Michael Keaton or whoever's <laughs> playing Batman to come over to his grandson's house yeah. <laughs> at some point. And he saw my shitty target t-shirt and, and got excited about it. And, uh, I just thought that was, that's like the, the, the sweetest celebrity encounter I've ever had was that one. Um, that's really, that's really precious <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, uh, God, I don't know if it's the last movie Penny Marshall made. I don't remember what she made after this hmm. as a director. Because uh, I know she did big with um, uh, Tom Hanks. I only saw that recently, too, which is really? ridiculous. And it's so good. Oh, I love yeah, that movie uh, so much. Oh, she did uh, uh, Renaissance Man, The Preacher's Wife, and Riding in Cars with Boys. I didn't know she did Riding in Cars with Boys. Anyway. Um, oh, and she yeah, did she's... the Odd Couple TV series. Oh, she was in it. Sorry, as an actress. I'm not yeah. paying attention. <laughs> she uh, passed away a couple years ago, um, which was... A, I mean, she's... I, I watched Laverne and Shirley when I was a kid and that's, I mean, it's funny as hell. Yeah. Um, and she's great. She was a great comic comedic actress. Um, anyway, uh, Cody, what did you think? Well, I was, I was not sure what to expect. Um, honestly. And, and I think the only thing that, um, you know, it, it was the cultural, like crying in baseball thing, like that cultural touchstone, mm-hmm. which I was a little surprised that like, in my opinion, how, that's a bit of an insignificant scene in the grand scheme of things, I thought. Um, oh, yeah. It's just such a famous uh, line, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I found myself really, like, like laughing at it. I thought I thought it was really funny and, um, and, and really enjoyable and, like, a really, uh, a very likable movie. I actually, it's, it's funny because when it was being set up, um, I, I was, the, the first thought I ha- had was, like, I think this is, my favorite thing I've ever seen John Lovitz in. Uh, oh, John Lovitz oh, is great. Yeah. yeah I was laughing at every line he had. I, I was too. And, and he's only in the movie for what, like 10 minutes maybe? And I think that like- But all- I mean, just John Lovitzing all over it. Oh, I, yeah, I know. He's, he is unabashedly John Lovitz in that. And I was, I was loving every single thing that he was saying. I, I was having a blast with that. Um, I, the one thing that I also like is that it's one of the very few times- um, that we get to see Tom Hanks being like an unsavory character. Um, that, yeah. that's such a rare occurrence. And I think he, like he actively avoids like villain roles or like, or like bad guy roles in, in many ways. And, and I think that it was fun to see him like, like see a different side of Tom Hanks. Cause I mean, I, again, I think, I mean, I think Tom Hanks is, is like the best actor out there. He's always been one of my favorite actors, um, mm-hmm. like forever and always. And I think, um, you know, to see him show a little bit of range and be just like this complete stumbling drunk um, is uh, is really kind of a treat. Uh, I think the movie is shockingly relevant um, and and unfortunately relevant, um, and uh, and and I think that it, it it ages very well. And I think that's the biggest thing that stood out to me is that is that 
you know, looking at this movie being, you know, from 1993 and, or was it 93, right? Or 92? 92. 92. Looking at it being from 92 and seeing that, that everything is it, like, like it all, it, it doesn't seem like it was made that long ago. Um, and, and I think that the, the cast is really good. I think Gina Davis is really good uh, in it. Um, and I think it's populated with some good side characters. And I think that it, it shows like, an, I mean, I'm a, I'm a baseball fan and I think it, it does a really good job at showing like the, um, like the affection that it has towards baseball as a sport, I think is really kind of, uh, nice to, oh, yeah. nice to watch. Um, it feels, it feels authentic, right? It doesn't feel put on. It doesn't feel fake. Even like the, like the actual gameplay in it or like the footage of them playing baseball feels, I mean, I've seen movies that don't look as real as this does. Um, and I was, re- well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that they're, there's most of the team is real athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also you can tell that they were, that, that like it, it's well choreographed and everything. Um, I think if it gets, if it gets into any trouble, I think that I don't know that, that Tom Hanks's, uh, f- like fulfillment to the team or he ever like, like he ever is a hundred percent like, like in or um or adapting to it and i don't know that that connection worked for me at the at the end of the day i think it's it, it's it's all right but i never i it never really f- that that's the one thing that felt a little unauthentic was that was his buy-in was sort of just kind of not there one day and then there one day um outside of that i really enjoyed it i i had a blast watching it actually no, oh, and, and I, I we mentioned the last time around uh last episode i didn't um I haven't seen this since it was released in the early '90s. By the way, it's not really uh, the. I mean, Hanks doesn't avoid like the jerk roles. I mean, he's. I mean, if you if you want to count like Woody in Toy Story is a pretty big asshole. Oh, fuck you! I mean, and fuck then, uh, you! That is not. That does not count. No, I'm being serious. Like this is not. This is not a villain role in, in A League of Their Own. I said, whatsoever. Un- I said unsavory. Well, uh, unsavory is I think a different thing than this one too. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, no, I, I think, but I think Tom Hanks is great. I think Gina Davis is really good. Um, and it, it, I, it occurred to me that I don't know that I've seen her in any comedies really since then. Cause she kind of went the action route. I don't know if any, if, if either of you have kept track of, um, Gina Davis at all, but, uh, it doesn't seem to be, um, something she's done anymore um you know rosie o'donnell's just kind of playing rosie o'donnell um uh uh what's her name madonna sorry madonna i forgot madonna's name <laughs> god damn it madonna um you know is playing sort of a madonna-ish character but she's really she's she's fun in this movie and um i think all around it's just it's a really feel-good story um you know it may get a little kind of long at the end with the uh, old ladies but you know I think most of those are probably the real old ladies anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, it holds up super, super well. Yeah. And, um, I, and I think it's like, it's really heartwarming without be without feeling like, um, it doesn't like, obviously the intention is for it, for you to have, uh, strong feelings about the story, but, um, it doesn't feel like it's, it's deliberately just like pulling at your heartstrings, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not schmaltzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's not um, one of those things that that just tries to to make you feel bad. Um, you know, my my wife and I watched it um, 
together and she's like, oh, this part always makes me cry. Like at the very end where the old ladies. Oh, the one thing that I don't like, the one thing that really bothered me was them dubbing uh, Gina Davis's voice over the old lady. Uh, oh, yeah. That's a little weird. It was strange because like to hear this old lady talk like, you know. 30 year old gina davis was <laughs> was was very strange uh but but yeah i think it holds up really super well and i i uh i i you for kind of forget when these movies like these comedy movies especially um sort of cement themselves into pop culture it almost seems like they always existed but it, it is interesting to look at it like oh yeah there was a time when this was brand new and this you know there's no crying in baseball you know, and the even the the little kid like you're gonna lose, yeah, uh, being played in sports arenas has <laughs> been, um, you know, it's it's weird to to see that the the birth of that stuff like in hindsight, yeah, um, yeah. No, it was a really yeah. really good movie. Lisa, is there is there anything that in that in particular? So it's if it's something that you like go back to a lot. Is there like is there one particular element or anything like that? Because I mean, I think sometimes like certain things like this can be like comfort food where you just like. It, it it feels good to watch it and you can enjoy the parts that you've liked a lot before. Is there any like connection that you have to it? Um, I think it, 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 it hits a lot of things. It hits like uh, this like nostalgia for the summer and for baseball and um, the, and the cast is so good and it feels obvious. Like how the fuck do you have a cast with you with Madonna in it? And that's like the least memorable thing. Like, <laughs> True. That's how yeah. She's like the sixth build, you know? Yeah. And it's like, everything feels really authentic. You, you care about the characters beyond what they're doing for the team. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I think also not to be corny, but like as a woman, it's nice to see a very female movie without it being like, it's a ladies movie. You know, it's yeah. not like female <laughs> yeah. Ghostbusters, which I don't have an opinion on the female Ghostbusters on the record. Uh, but it's like, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think that a lot of times when when women uh, and to get political, I guess, again, or minorities like do do something, it's like. It ha- it has to be presented like here they are doing their thing, and I feel like it's not that's not uh, it doesn't feel that way with a league of their own. It just feels yeah. like oh, this is a very American movie. True, I do think it it tiptoes toward that with the um you know the black family that's in the stands like in the in yeah the, in the far part, and it you know it kind of nods to it, and, and I do think it it does sanitize that away more so than you would see now. The mm-hmm. idea that, you know, there's this team is all white women, you know, and they're, yeah. you know, when, when clearly that wouldn't be uh, the case, you know, right. even, even now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it, but that's 1992, and I'm going to forgive it for that, for not being as, yeah, uh, you know, politically aware. As I mean, for God's sakes, women were just getting the right to speak out loud. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Uh, um, it, it does kind of make a point that you know they're they're put out there for you know more than more than being baseball players they're meant to be sexually attractive yeah and I think that it kind of has a, some jokes at the expense of um, the one character that's rather homely um, yeah what was her the name there's a I mean there's a lot of that kind of social commentary in there like too like like even when they win their first game and stuff you know Tom Hanks is is 
like completely drunk and then you know on the radio they're they're praising his oh, yeah. like decision making that led to the win and stuff like that but yeah, I mean the movie still has some laughs at the expense of the uh, I mean that's all John Lovitz does in, in his 10 minutes really well but then like the Harry Shearer um, yeah uh, uh, like the old war old timey war but by the way um, are you a Simpsons fan Lisa uh, I am, but I'm very far behind. I wasn't oh. allowed to watch it when I was a kid because my mom said it was bad. Oh man! But that <laughs> so like Harry Shearer does that exact same mm-hmm. voice for the like the newsreel stuff on the Simpsons. Oh, okay, okay. Like that. Oh, here's the so and so. Like anyway. Uh, Which but yeah, like, that's called something, right? There's like a, it's called the something or another dialect. Oh, uh, like the like that mid- 1950s, like, mid- like talking like this. Yeah, the. Uh, Man, I read an article on it and everything. I love to talk like that too. It's like the Mid Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, something. yes, that's what it is. Yeah. So I, I don't know if either of you know this though. And there's there is a uh, there's a League of Their Own TV show in the making right now over at Amazon. Um, what? Oh yes. Yeah. So it's uh, it's starring uh, Abby Jacobson from Broad City and uh, Darcy Carden from The Good Place, um, and some other actors. It's being directed by Jamie Babbitt, who does a ton of TV, like great TV work she directed like silicon valley and brooklyn 99 and a bunch of stuff so that oh wow yeah they're they're making that right now um where it's it's going to be i mean essentially like a fresh take on it but it is going to be about the formation of you know that baseball league and things like that so i'm I'm actually looking forward to see what that's like yeah that sounds exciting i need to get on that somehow <laughs> <laughs> you, you can be the like the sassy uh um uh, whatever they because they always cut to like some like like woman that was really um you know what am i trying to say like had some like one-liner mm-hmm. i don't know maybe i'm yeah i mean in, I, inject I me anywhere <laughs> i just want to be part of the project yeah <laughs> yeah as just of, be in the back as of as of february 14th they said on hollywood reporter that it was in the pilot phase pilot stage but uh Ooh. amazon's actually doing a pilot yeah They're not just ordering straight to series that's crazy that's what it says Anyway, um, a, a great movie, and, and thanks for recommending that. It was nice to revisit. Yeah, you're so that welcome. Um, I was trying to think of something that like I really loved and had seen recently, and then I thought, Are you a baseball like fan well. in general? Um, I would say I like the idea of baseball. I just like <laughs> I, I enjoy it. I I will go to I would go to a hundred games a year if I could, but um, but I. I don't love it the same. Like, I'm not going to watch it on TV like I'm going to watch basketball on TV. Um, ah. uh, and I, I grew up just outside of Chicago, so I root for the Cubs. But I, it's more of like an uh, – I love things that are like <laughs> – and my timing on saying this. Uh, I love Americana things, you know? Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. I like I baseball it. and hot dogs and cutting your grass or whatever. <laughs> uh, just I'm such a sucker for all of that stuff, even if America is trash right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that stuff is not necessarily. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's that stuff that's, remains wholesome. That's it. Yeah. That, that has no uh, political uh, affiliation to it. Yeah. Typically. So, no, I, I, I 100 percent get that. And I, I, I'm not a big baseball fan, but I do love actually going to like a minor league game. Yeah, there's like nothing better than going to a baseball game and just like having a couple of beers and a hot dog. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, the last I think the last baseball game I actually uh, dropped the nachos off my chair seat trying to catch a foul ball. <laughs> just like a class, like a like a perfect move to do. <laughs> Amazing. My, my wife was pissed off that I ruined the nachos, <laughs> but anyway. 
Because they were $30 or what? Yeah, and probably because as a grown adult man, um, (laughs) I'm also expected to give that ball to whatever kid is nearby. Uh, I mean, they got to pay you for it, I think. It's not... (laughs) I I I don't I don't necessarily like that like people getting shamed into having to give a kid a ball. Yeah, I don't uh, know how I feel about that. Like if you stole it from the kid maybe, but it's also like did somebody hand you a ball when you were a kid? Cuz if not, you're still owed a fucking foul ball. Yeah, I know. I right? I've, I've never I've touched a foul ball that bounced off my hand, you know, and I never got it, but yeah. I was getting, handed I, a foul I've, ball as a kid. So, I I it is my oh. duty for it if I ever catch one as an adult to pay oh, it well, on. Oh, there you go. Oh yeah. Wait. If we ever go to a, a baseball game together, Cody, you have to give me. a phone. I'll just be on your shoulders and try to catch oh. it. I'll be like, "You got it, sport." <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, Lisa, thanks again for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks uh, for having me. Um. Uh, I'm glad I I uh got to check out a new movie that I yeah. don't think I would have otherwise, but that I really enjoyed. Well, if, when you get over the Jeremy Piven um <laughs> uh, thing. Please do check out Gross Point Blank because it's a lot of fun too. Um, Will do. Uh, it's um, it's one of my favorite. It's it's not my favorite John Cusack movie, but it's one of my favorites. And he hasn't made a good movie in like twenty years. So mm, Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, oh, he wasn't. Poor guy. Oh God, he was not even. I, I heard uh, like horror stories about him on the Thin Red Line, the Terrence Malick movie that I don't know that he actually made it into. Y- I don't. Remember. You know what movie he's fucking phenomenal in is uh love and mercy the the movie about brian wilson from the beach boys oh yeah 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 i haven't seen that one. Oh my god he is that. incredible in that movie i hate uh 1403 with a passion mm. that's the stephen king like anyway whatever um high fidelity anyway. is my go-to point and i it sucks that so many people think he's the hero of high fidelity but you know Anyway, that's funny. Uh, Lisa, thanks again. Uh, tell us where we people can find you. Oh, yeah. You can find me um, on Twitter at Lisa underscore Curry uh, on Instagram at Olympian Lisa Curry or um, on my website, Lisa Curry dot net. Cool. Uh, you can listen to us, me and Cody on two other podcasts, re MCU, where we rewatch Marvel Cinematic Universe movies Ooh. and talk about them. You a fan? Of the MCU? Uh, no, but I I mean, not not like, I don't dislike them, but I know so many people that I could recommend that to that oh, would cool. love that. That would be <laughs> awesome to rec- if you recommend that to be. And if you know anybody that loves it enough that wants to be a guest, we're, we're taking guests now. So uh, Yeah. Oh, awesome. We had, cool. we had uh, Eddie Pence on the other night, and uh, it was absurd how much he knew about, about about this, like what's commonly referred to as the worst Marvel movie, and he had an encyclopedic knowledge about it, and it was borderline frightening. Yeah. Anyway, um, really yeah, cool. so yeah, for sure. Um, it's, uh, it's fun to revisit these things. My wife has um, expressed an interest in watching these movies, but she's mm-hmm. never been a fan of it. Um, so I may have to rewatch it with her again, which I don't mind. But, yeah. Um, well, there you go. Anyway, uh, also we have a, another uh, our our main show, the Cinesnob Podcast. Uh, normally we re- we review uh, theatrical movies, but as that we're in quarantine, we've been doing a lot of VOD stuff um, and taking all comers. It seems <laughs> for VOD, if it's on Netflix, um, Hulu, uh, Amazon, or you know someone uploaded it to YouTube and they're kind of insane mm-hmm. and. Uh, they put it out there for free. We'll watch it, review it. 
Uh, anything else, Cody? Oh, yeah, you've got your show. Um, yeah, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on the Ramble and the Ramble Radio with comedians Jerry Rocha and Eddie Pence. What about your music podcast? Oh, yeah, I have a new music podcast uh, called Medium Fidelity. That's with uh, Glide Magazine. Uh, our latest episode with the drummer of Old Man Gloom, Santos Montano, is up right now. That is a badass name, Santos oh. Montano. It is. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. God damn. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, um, Lisa, once again, thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, on that note, I am Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. <laughs>